0: It's a dangerous game, this speaking, you know, because I've just realised I lost a bit of weight unless he was dragging my pants down when I had him in my back pocket. (laughs) Might not have been a good look walking up here. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'll blunder my way through. How is everyone anyway? All good? Okay, my name's Wayne. Some of you will know me, some of you won't. Um, We actually, I was just talking to uh, Phil and actually Laurie about the start of the year. It's always a chance to reflect on last year, isn't it? what you're going to do this year and what happened last year. And I was, I've been asking a lot of people, um, like last year, what was your highlight and what was your low light? And uh, you'll all have them, we've all got them. For me, um, probably the, the lowlight for me was um, with a family member, I had a really difficult situation about two months ago that was the most stressful, worst situation I've ever had with a family member and I found that really tough. That was my low light. but my highlight was after COVID restrictions and not been able to travel, I got to see my oldest boy in Sydney. I hadn't seen him for three years. So I got to go to Sydney and catch up with him, and that was really cool. See his smiling face, and yeah, it was really, really good. Right, so as you're probably aware, I'm delivering the sermon. Um, Just want to say I don't have the best of vision, so I might struggle a bit, and I'm having a bad eye day. So I've lost about 85% of my vision, and luckily today I'm having a really bad day with it, which uh, is really good. so just bear with me if I, if I sort of muck around a little bit and get a few things wrong and read things wrong and, and that. Um, anyway, so look, Craig started this last week on the book of Proverbs. We're going to track through the book of Proverbs and he started to give us an introduction and that sort of thing. So I'm going to be going through some Proverbs as well and I'm going to be talking about justice and by default injustice because justice and injustice obviously not, not opposite sides of the same coin, but if you can't have justice, you've got to look at the injust, injustice part. So I thought I'd start if we can um, flick on to whatever the next one is. Yeah, so I thought if we start with the official definition of justice that I found. So justice, you call it fairness, which I I think probably is the most accurate term for justice if you want to encompass the whole thing. So fairness, moral rightness, a scheme or system of law in which every person receives his or her due from the system, like our legal system, including all rights, both natural and legal. And therefore, injustice would be the opposite of that. would be unfairness, moral wrongness, or a system of law that that people don't get what they deserve, don't get their just desserts. So what I thought I'd do when I was thinking about this, um, looking at some of these proverbs, I thought you can always learn a lot about when you're reading what someone writes. You can learn a lot if you look at the person who wrote it and try to figure out their character and what they like and what they thought. So I, so I thought I'd start with this, um, with this story that I, I've always quite liked. It's in 1 Kings 3, verse 16. I'll just read it. I'll read it through. But it's about Solomon. Solomon is attributed to having written the Proverbs in the Bible. So I think it's a really good chance to have a look at a story about him. tells a little bit about him and what he was like and, and how he dealt with things and, and why we perhaps think he's wise. Okay, so starting at verse 16. One day two women came to King Solomon, and one of them said, Your Majesty, this woman and I live in the same house. Not long ago my baby was born at home, and three days later her baby was born. Nobody else was there with us. One night while we were asleep, she rolled over on her baby, and he died. Then while I was still asleep, she got up and took my son out of my bed. She put him in her bed, then she put her dead baby next to me. In the morning when I got up to feed my son, I saw that he was dead. But when I looked at him in the light, I knew he wasn't my son. No, the other woman shouted. He was your son. My baby is alive. The dead baby is yours, the first woman yelled. Mine is alive. They argued back and forth in front of Solomon. Until finally he said, both of of you say this live baby is yours. Someone bring me a sword. Probably not what you'd really expect, is it? You know? You both say the slave live baby is yours. Someone bring me a sword. A sword was bought and Solomon ordered. It's all in the Bible, eh? Cut the baby in half. That way each of you can have a part of him. That's brutal, eh? That's really brutal. Please don't kill my son, the baby's mother screamed. Your majesty, I love him very much, but give him to her. Just don't kill him. The other woman shouted, go ahead and cut him in half. Then neither of us will have the baby. Solomon said, don't kill the baby. Then he pointed to the first woman, she is his real mother. Give the baby to her. Everyone in Israel was amazed when they heard how Solomon had made his decision. They realized that God had given him wisdom to judge fairly. It's a pretty good story, eh? A brutal story. I wouldn't say it's a nice story, but nice and good aren't the same thing. So I think it's a, it's a good story. It tells us a lot about, about Solomon. So I'm going to ask a few questions as we go through this um, today that I want you to think about. I don't want anyone, if, if you don't mind, don't yell out, um, it's, but if you want to talk about it amongst yourselves or discuss it or just sit there and think about it or something else, don't worry me. But with that story, who thinks that Solomon got it right? Who thinks that Solomon actually got that right? It doesn't actually tell us in the story if he did get it right. Who thinks he got it right? Who, might have think he, who thinks he might have got it wrong? Do you want to have a quick, we won't have to think too much about this one. Quick show of hands, who thinks he got it right? Okay, I, know I can't see, so I'm going to bluff it. Yeah, most <laughs> looks pretty good. Um, anyone think he got it wrong? No one's going to put their hand up. <laughs> Fair enough to I, wouldn't either. Um, yeah, on the face of it, I don't, I don't think the story tells us that we know definitively that it got a row, but it, it, it implies it and it seems logically to me that he probably did. But there's a few things we don't know about the story, isn't there? You know, we don't actually know which mother was the better mother. We don't know for for all we know, the mother that lost the baby um, might have been a far better mother, she might have been under more pressure, you know, she might have been she might have also panicked in this situation. Her husband might have been gonna throw her out. Woman were just a chattel back then. She lost a baby, he might she might have been on the you know, on the dust heap. Um, it could have been a lot of, there would have been a lot of stress, a lot of shock. So we don't actually know too much about some of those issues, you know. But we know enough that on the face of it, it seems like a, a reasonable, albeit brutal way of dealing out justice. The thing that impressed me about this story with Solomon is that from what I can figure out, and sometimes you've got to look at these stories with fresh eyes, you know, because we all get Wrapped up. We've we've seen these stories. We've read them so many times that they all just become just another story. But he's sitting there, and he's got we got instead of a he she, he said she said, we've got a she said she said, back and forth, back and forth, and they're they're always going to claim that they're right. They're going to claim they're correct. So he's sitting there. And, well, who do I believe? You know what? He does a really smart thing. He thinks I need more information. Now he does it in an interesting way. He brings out a sword. He says, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna try to." Try this, but by doing that, he brought out more information. One of the mothers said, "No, I don't want you to do it." The other one said, "Yes, I want you to do it." And out of that, there he was able to discern what he should do. I thought that was really smart, you know. So I'm pretty impressed with Solomon so far. I think that was a really, really smart. It's always smart to try to find more information, you know. So I think, I'm looking at this and I think, "Okay, this is the writer of the Proverbs." I'm willing to bet I think he's pretty smart. Okay, so what we're going to do now? That's the that's the writer of the Proverbs. So this is the author, so we've established that he's no idiot, you know. Who thinks the Proverbs are all true? We'll do a quick show of hands on this. No, you know, shouldn't need to think about this. Anyone want to put their hand up and thinks the Proverbs are true? And wise and all that sort of stuff? No one, no one likes the Proverbs? Okay. One, good, sweet. Anyway, so what we're going to do is we'll, we'll throw, up, throw up this next one, Proverbs 26, is that right? Yeah, I found this really interesting because I was looking through the Proverbs and I thought, how do we get started with this thing? So I thought, we'll throw up two Proverbs that seem to say exactly the opposite thing and then we'll try and have a think about it. So Proverbs 26, Solomon's writing, verse 4, do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will be just like him. And then straight away, didn't even put his pen down, number five, answer a fool according to his folly or he will be wise in his own eyes. So... What do you reckon? Which one is it? Which one's true? So what I want you to do is just um, have a think about it. Think about it amongst yourselves for like 30 seconds or something. Discuss it with your neighbour or discuss it with yourself. And then we'll just have a show of hands. I want people to tell me which one you think is which, which is the right one. They seem to contradict each other. You've got 30 seconds. Alrighty. Okay. It's, um, that was about 30 seconds or a minute. I'm not sure, but there's obviously a bit of discussion. So um, who... Um, Who's keener on verse 4? Anyone? Anyone want to back verse 4? Cool. Verse 5? Who's keener on verse 5? Some of you don't like any of them. (laughs) Well, you've got to have one or the other. You can either answer them or not answer but you can't not do one of those two. Um, Who thinks they're both kind of true? Both true. Yeah, that brings up most of the other hands. Yeah. I think, I, I lean to that too. When I looked at it at the start, I thought, man, this is... Pretty contradictory, isn't it, you know? Answer or don't answer, well, what do you do? But it really depends on the context, doesn't it? It depends on the situation. I can see a situation where you'd be, um, let's say that there's some guys, a bunch of young hoons, are thinking of jumping off a bridge and it's really high and it's pretty dangerous and you're sort of there and they're saying, um, you know, they want to have it, you know, do you want to come and do it? And you're thinking, well, I don't even want to get involved in the conversation or I could get dragged into it, you know? There There could be another time you look and you think, actually, I should get engaged in the conversation to try to stop them doing it. So I think it very much depends on the situation. Maybe we should get involved and respond to the fool or the foolish thing, or maybe we shouldn't, but I guess we've got to make those calls. It does show to me is that when we look at these Proverbs, what we need is context, and we need need our brains engaged to understand the Proverbs. eh? So that's, that's the main take that I take out of that one. We've got to engage our brains. We've got, to, we've got to think really, really carefully about them. So the next one is Proverbs 28, verse 5. Sweet. Evildoers do not understand what is right, but those who seek the Lord understand it fully. So once again, I'm going to ask you a true or false on this one, if you think it's true, if you think it's false, if you think it's right, if you think it's wrong. What I want you to try to do, it's hard in these situations because we're in a, we're in a church. I guess the majority of us will be Christians. We'll have a world view. We'll have been, a lot of us will have been brought up with those things. But sometimes, and Chesterton does this really well in his writing, sometimes you've got to try to look at things with fresh eyes and forget your baggage so you can see the thing clearly. You know, sometimes you get up, you've been living beside a beautiful lake or mountains, You never see them after a while, do you? But sometimes you get up and for some reason you think, wow, look at that. I want to try and take the same approach with this, so I want you to try to think about it just as what it is, not the fact that you've got a Christian worldview or you're in a church or you're towing the party line or what you think you should say. What do you think? What do you actually think about this? Do you think it's right or wrong? The second thing I want you to bear in mind as you're going to think through this, and in my personal experience, and I'm sure most of yours as well, our history shows us that most of us know lots of things we should do that are right and we do evil. I can attest to that myself, and I'm sure most of you guys can. And our history, and the history of the church, and the history of Christianity, that injustice has been perpetrated by many of those who claim to be followers of Christ. So with bearing those two things in mind, I want you to do the same thing. Have a discussion about this proverb. I'll give you a minute. Once again, we'll see if you think it's true or not. It's really just to discuss it. Rip into it. Rightio guys, that's good, a bit of discussion, that's always good, it's always good to discuss things, we're all um, just trying to figure these things out aren't we eh? So um, okay so this one here, evildoers do not understand what is right but those who seek the Lord understand it fully, who thinks that's right or wrong, who thinks that's true, who thinks it's not true. tentative hands up, no one will get called out, um, I struggle with that one, I really struggle with it, I know Solomon's wise, I know this is in the scriptures, but I also think I need to engage my brain, and I think evildoers do not understand what is right, I, I think I dispute that. I think that there's lots of times in fact most times we know what is right and we don't do it we decide to do evil so I, I dispute that we don't understand what is right in fact one of the reasons we do wrong is because we sometimes know what's right you know and I think there's a lot of people who claim to seek the Lord and I think a lot of us we don't always understand justice either you know so I personally that's, I, I struggle with that one I'm not sure it's his best work you know I'm not sure it's his best work But anyway, moving on. Next one, Proverbs 21, verse 15. Okay. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. Give you a minute. Discuss it. Is it true or false, right or wrong? What do you reckon? Alrighty, guys. It's about a minute, I guess. Once again, another good bit of discussion, which is good. Like I said, good to discuss these things. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to the evildoers. Who thinks that's a good one? Who thinks that's true? Yeah, but you know, who thinks it's false? Very tentative of putting hands up, isn't it? You know, you're not in trouble. You're just, you know. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think Solomon's up his game. I think, it's, yeah, I think it sounds pretty true to me, just with my experience. And I'm not looking at this as a Christian. I'm just looking at it and thinking, yeah, I think there's lots of times when, um, when you see justice being done. If you know if you're in the wrong, you don't really want to see that justice done, do you? you know? So, yeah, I think, um, I think Solomon's moving up, in my estimation, with these proverbs. He's, um, he's starting to hit his straps. I think it's looking good. Now, I've got one more proverb to put up, and this one is quite different. It's kind of more of a request, I think. The, last, the proverbs so far have been more of statements of fact or looking at something, and they've had an or or a but in there, you know? Don't answer a fool according to his folly, or, you know, or um, the evil's but. Whereas this is more uh, uh, asking you to do something, you know? So it seems to me to be a different sort of proverb. It's asking us to do something rather than telling us about something. Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. It's an interesting proverb, isn't it? Bit of a different take on it. This proverb is not telling us about justice like the previous two. This proverb is asking us to become justice. Walk the walk. Don't just talk the talk. That seems to be what it's telling me. Who thinks this is a really good proverb? Who thinks it's like a really, really good proverb? Who thinks it's like the best proverb so far and Sol- Solomon's on top of his game? Yeah, I'm there. Who thinks it's pretty stupid and pathetic and wrong? No one's going to put their hand up for that, fair enough. Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm think i I'm pretty impressed with Solomon. I, was like, I think he's really up his game. He's, He's batting above his weight. He's going really well. I think this is a fantastic proverb, and I think you guys all do too, which is why I then have to ask myself the question of why, if I think it's such a great, fantastic proverb, why do I do so very little to defend and look after the poor and the needy and seek justice for all? I'm all good at talking the talk. I'm not so good at walking the walk. What Solomon says in this proverb of course is backed up by Jesus who said love your neighbour as yourself. And and Jesus not only said that but he lived it out by his example and even more amazing is that he asked us to live it out as well. Follow me he said do what I'm doing walk the walk. Don't just talk the talk. The Bible says that Solomon was the wisest of all men. I dispute that. Before Ian tries to drag me off the stage and throw me out as a heretic, hear me up. I dispute that. And I think when it comes to looking at justice, I think there is someone who is wiser and better and more knowledgeable. The man who was God himself. Solomon was wise. Jesus was wisdom. Solomon talked the talk. Jesus walked the walk. And this is what Christ said about ultimate justice. And so we've been tracking through the Proverbs here. And I've learned, and it's funny when you do a sermon, you're always the one that learns the most, and you have to put so very little of it out there from what you learn, which is good in some ways and I guess bad in others. But um, I've really enjoyed looking at these Proverbs. But it's not where I want to end it, because I think Solomon was wise, but he's not necessarily the person that I want to follow or listen to completely, you know? So what I want to read is about what Christ said about ultimate justice. Okay. I want to read what Christ said about it. It's the story of the sheep and the goats. And it's the clearest description that I've ever seen of what happens when the whole deal's gone down, when the game's over, when it's all said and done. And it's coming from Christ himself. It's probably worth listening to. I'm just going to read it. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, come, give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you didn't give me any. I was sick and in prison, you didn't even come and see me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, and the righteous to eternal life. You know, and sometimes in scripture there's not really a lot you can add to anything. Is there? And I don't have anything to add to that. What I'd do is I challenge us all to look at this story of end and ultimate justice, and ask yourselves perhaps: Is justice about talking the talk, or is it about walking the walk? Cheers.